Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to preview week 17 of the DFS main slate. It's a bigger main slate than we've had the past couple of weeks, Jared. No Detroit-Dallas there on Saturday night. So, you know, that's a bit of a, a bummer to not have those players available. No Joe Flacco, who's apparently the new king of NFL quarterbacks. No Packers-Vikings, but the remaining 13 games all on the main slate, just three of those in the late window. So it's kind of an interesting setup for everything this week. Before we get to how that might affect selections, I know you had a pretty good week 16 on DraftKings, right? Yeah, it was a really good week 16. It was one mistake away from being a great week for me. I ended up playing a, a Joe Flacco, Amari Cooper, David Njoku team that was up near the top for a while. My best team was actually a Nick Mullins, Justin Jefferson team with a Jameer Gibbs run back. And then I had the Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley mini stack that I think we talked about on that team. I didn't play that on the Flacco team, which hurt. But um, I, the big mistake was the, the fade of Brees Hall, which we, I think we talked about on the show that we, we were kind of going to fade him at high ownership. I didn't think the Jets were willing to give him a massive workload this late in the season, which they did last week. They did again. Uh, on Thursday night against the Browns. So that was one mistake. Not having Brees Hall was kind of what kept me from the top of the leaderboards. And then, man, that, um, because I'm still not over it, that, that B. John Robinson touchdown that wasn't. There are plays that will stick in my mind forever. That is one of them because I was so heavily invested in B. John. He's freaking wide open in the end zone, just lazily steps out of bounds before he catches the ball. So that one, or I mean, basically, you know, playing Bijan and not Brees Hall was what potentially kept me from, from winning a tournament last week. I mean, kind of a crazy turn for Brees Hall last week. The week before he had six carries for 12 yards and one catch for six. And then he yeah. goes 20, 95 and two on the ground, 12 catches for 96 yards. You know, another big one against the, the Browns. Uh, sometimes it's just like, why do we even project this stuff? Why don't you just like <laughs> completely guess players and be like, that guy is good physically. I think I'll play him this week. It, it, it makes it feel like it's <laughs> like it's pointless sometimes, but you know, we get back to it ultimately being pointful. Otherwise we wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah. Well, it's trying to get into coaches heads, which is one of the hardest parts about what we have to do here. Right. Cause like we know Brees Hall is awesome. We knew the matchup was awesome against Washington last week. I just, I didn't think, um, the Jets wanted to give this young building block coming off a knee injury in a lost season, you know, 30 touches or whatever he ended up getting last week. Why, why would you give Brees Hall 32 <laughs> touches against Washington in week 15? But whatever. That's what happened week 16. So that's what happened. And we'll we'll keep judging what happens as we project it forward. And obviously, we're going to go ahead and project for week 17 here. As usual, we'll start with DraftKings. If you're playing only on FanDuel and just looking for those picks, use the timestamps in the show notes below. You can skip right to where you want to be in the show Jared, quarterback, here's what a goofy year we're working on at quarterback. I already mentioned Joe Flacco. Even without him on this DraftKings main slate, we have four quarterbacks in the 4K salary range leading our dollars per point this week. Like Usually, if you have one of those guys, it's like, oh, there's a 4K quarterback this week to consider. We have four of them going on right now in Week 17, including multiple teams yeah. Switching starters, and even that doesn't include Jaron Hall because he's on that Sunday night game against Green Bay. So, are you using one of those guys at quarterback for cash? Or are you going more expensive? Yeah, I think there's multiple price ranges you can look at at quarterback, and that's kind of the theme of this week, right? When you have, we have 13 games on the slate, like there's a ton of options. That's kind of the, the tricky part about this week is you know whittling them down. Um, I think you can play 
a cheap quarterback, but um, I think you can go up to Brock Purdy, the most efficient quarterback this year against the league's worst pass defense. As of now, I've settled with Derek Carr. This is definitely a week to fill in your quarterback spot near the end of your lineup, like fill in the rest and then kind of see what fits a quarterback. The lineup I have right now for cash, I had the money to get to Derek Carr at 5,500. I just feel better about him than any of those sub 5k quarterbacks um you know Derek Carr coming off two of his better games of the season 20.3 and then 29 DraftKings points in his last two games he was uh 10th in PFF passing grade back in week 15 he was fifth last week so he's you know played well to go along with the fantasy production and then he gets this Bucks defense they're 24th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks they're actually Tampa's actually up to 13th in pass defense DVOA but they're still second in pass rate over expected against. That's the big thing here is that teams don't want to run the ball against Tampa very much. So you get elevated pass volume. You do have the Saints road underdogs here. So I think Carr is going to throw it enough um, to, you know, at least return cash game value at this price. And New Orleans doesn't run the ball very well right now, so they should be leaning that way anyway. Are you pairing Derek Carr with a pass catcher here? Actually, am because I really like Chris Olave, which we'll get to him in the cash cash section again. I, you know, stacking is not a requirement in cash. It's kind of like if it if it works, it works, and it's you know better than than not. Um, I mm-hmm. wouldn't shy away from it. Um, but yeah, I I do like Chris Olave as a as a, a pair with Carr. Yeah, I would say don't force it, but it's certainly good if it does work out because obviously it's the same reasoning as doing so in a tournament lineup. It's it's just one less bet to pick uh, a quarterback and one of his top pass catchers. Tournament side. I definitely want at least one Brock Purdy team again. His his price is finally up to 7K. I think it's like a fair price. Maybe keeps ownership down a little bit. Not that he's going to be sneaky, but I mean, just how good he's been all season against this commander's defense has been just been so bad all season. The tricky part is figuring out who to, to stack Brock Purdy with. I think that's, you know, probably a price thing and ownership thing. We'll see how that's shaking out by Sunday morning. We'll move on to running back and Clyde Edwards. Elaire leads the dollars per point projections also leads the projected rostered rate well ahead of Christian McCaffrey, who's number two in that category. And McCaffrey is then well ahead of number three, Zeke Elliott. Is CEH a must for cash this week on DK? Assuming, of course, that the illness that kept him out of Thursday's practice clears up. I wouldn't quite call him a must. He's not at that level for me. I am going to play him, though. I mean, I I think it was was like four or five years ago, maybe maybe longer than that. I don't know. I'm getting old. Time flies. It might have been closer to 10 years ago. But um, (laughs) there there was a point where, like, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley were, were both, like, nine thousand something and you just wanted to play both of them every week in cash i feel like we're at that point with christian mccaffrey and kyron williams at this point um and they both have excellent matchups this week the niners obviously against that washington team and then kyron williams gets the giants the rams are big favorites there so i want to play both of those stud backs in cash and then you know going down to edwards alaire for the flex spot at 5300 definitely helps you fit in the, the two high price guys. And with the CEH, it's really, you know, I'll say strength of the offense. The Chiefs, I know the Chiefs have been underwhelming. They still have a pretty high implied total this week, though. But it's really the matchup against Cincinnati. I mean, the Bengals have allowed 30-plus points in four of their last seven games now, including to the Steelers last week. Um, they allowed 24 points in another one of those games. They're 28th in run defense DVOA. They're allowing 4.5 yards per carry to running backs on the season. So I'm just, you know, I don't I don't think Eversolaire is good, but give me a 15 plus touch running back in this matchup and I think he'll he'll pay off in cash. I believe it is 2017 that you were thinking about with Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. So that'd be six years ago. So a slightly longer than you said initially, but less time <laughs> than you worried that it might be. So maybe you're not right. quite as old 
as you think you are just yet, Jared, but you're well on your way with that yeah. second kid in the house now. I think that the high ownership plus Clyde Edwards Elair not being that good, plus the Chiefs yeah. being willing to lean away from the backfield when it makes sense, especially near the goal line. I think that all makes CEH a pretty easy tournament fade this week. What do you think? I think so too. I mean, I might end up mixing him into a lineup that I think is pretty contrarian otherwise, because again, I do think the price tag helps open things up. Um, but I generally, I'm going to be trying to fade Edwards Elair. So you have Devin Singletary and Javante Williams are kind of the two guys in the same price range that I think, you know, really could pretty easily outscore Edwards Lair. The problem with those two guys is they're both pretty chalky too. They're both coming in at what, 15 and 16% ownership for those two guys. So it makes them a bit less attractive, but I do think, you know, just trying to pivot off um, Edwards Lair in most tournament teams is, is probably the best move. I think Jalen Warren at the the same level of price, yeah. maybe Chuba Hubbard will see. I would go those guys over Javante Williams, who's just been terrible to the point that Denver's even leaned away from him some lately. But yeah, it's an interesting range at running back. And, you know, I, I think it's at least important to think about alternatives to CEH. He seems obvious, but mm-hmm. like I said, just because he's their top running back this week does not necessarily mean that he's in for even a touchdown for sure yeah wide receiver we've got a couple of 4k wideouts up top in the lineup generator do we need to go that low though with ceh with the cheap quarterbacks that we talked about are you looking for one of those 4k wideouts yeah i think if you want to play mccaffrey and kyron williams you do need to play at least one of those cheap wide receivers i like demario douglas down there you know he has double digit DraftKings points in four of his last five games now five of his last seven um, he's averaging 7.3 targets per game over that span. You know, pretty tough matchup against the Bills on Sunday, but the Patriots are obviously massive underdogs in that game. There should be passing volume. Like, I don't think Douglas has much of a ceiling, but I think for cash games, like he's he's a pretty good bet to give you like you know 10 to 12 points, which is fine. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We could see easily see him get 10, 11 targets, catch six balls for 52 yards. And, you know, that's fine right. for what we're paying for down here. What about tournament side of wide up? I really want to get some Tyree kill. And I think Christian McCaffrey is, is a better straight up play at similar price range, but he's also going to be two to three times his own. We have Tyreek Hill projected for 12% ownership right now. You know, you look at Tyreek versus McCaffrey on the season, Tyreek's averaging a, a half fewer point per game than McCaffrey. But Tyreek Hill has six games of 30 plus DraftKings points. McCaffrey has three. Um, now McCaffrey has a bunch of others where he's at like 28, 29. So I'm not saying there's a big edge there, but I do think, I do think Hill has just as high a ceiling, if not higher. And then you also have Jalen Waddle probably going to miss this game. We saw Waddle, he missed week three, that Broncos game where Miami put up 70. So like, you know, who knows exactly how much stock to put into that. But Tyreek Hill in that game, he only ran 22 pass routes. He got 11 targets on those 22 pass routes, caught nine of them for 157 yards and a score. Um, you know, that was obviously a game where, you know, he, I don't think he played hardly at all in the fourth quarter. And, you know, this game against Baltimore should be a lot more. So, I mean, there, there's just, there's a realistic chance that Hill gets like 15, 16 targets in this game without Waddle. And, 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 you know, McDaniel has shown the ability to you know, be able to scheme these guys up. Even like Jalen Waddle went off in that Jets game without Tyreek, right? Like McDaniel showing the ability just to scheme these guys open, even when the other one is out. Um, so I just think, I think Hill, you know, has a chance to put up, you know, one of those 30, 35 point games and he's only projected for 12% ownership. And frankly, I wouldn't even factor in the negative defensive matchup of Baltimore against Miami this week for Tyreek Hill. I mean, I know it's a tough pass defense, but there's no individual player that matches up well with Tyreek Hill. I mean, he can just beat yeah. whatever you have. We'll see exactly what's going on. Certainly possible at times for a defense to limit him, but I wouldn't go into a game thinking, uh-oh, Tyreek Hill's in trouble against this defense. 
Yeah, I mean, Baltimore's 10th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. They're also just 18th in yards per game allowed to opposing number one wide receivers, 73.5 per game. So it's not a horrible matchup for Tyreek Hill. It's de- definitely one he can he can win. You got to run back on the other side of that one from the Baltimore side? No, I don't think I'm going to get to much of that game. I know I was, I was talking to you guys earlier this week. I actually bet the under 47. Actually, I do. I, I just think both defenses are, are very good. So the scoring might not be as high as people expect. So honestly, it's probably just going to be like just Tyree Kill from that game for me. Fade the rest of it for the most part. Tight end. Well, maybe we'll talk about a, a potential guy to run back in that game. But first, Chigakonkwo is tied with George Kittle for most popular tight end on the DK main slate as of right now. Should that be the case, Jared, or does that level of popularity make a Conquo a fade? He's been good for you know the past month or so now, and Houston is 30th in adjusted points allowed to tight end, so I don't think he's a, a bad play. I th- well, I I would I would try not to use him in tournaments of that ownership. I think he is in play for cash. I'm saying screw it at tight end. I'm playing Austin Hooper in cash at, at minimum price, 2,500. He does come in as our um, best dollars per point value at the position, despite being projected for just seven PPR points. It's just the price tag. I'm so sick of paying, you know, 35, 3,600 for tight ends that end up scoring me like six points. I'll just pay $2,500 for Hooper and get, get six points out of him. He, with Michael Mayer out last week, and Mayer has not practiced yet this week, so I'm assuming he's going to miss again. Um, Hooper caught just, just two of three targets, but Aiden O'Connell threw only 21 passes in that game. So it was a 14% target share for Austin Hooper. He ran a pass route on 75% of the dropback. So good usage for Hooper. Um, you know, th- this game against Indianapolis, you know, should be more competitive. I expect more passes from the Raiders in this one. And the Colts are just 28th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, it's a bad offense that I think you generally want to steer away from for tournament lineups, but it should be better than it was last week. Um, so I, I am, am fine with that as well for the, the cost play. Isaiah Likely, you don't like him in this spot as the runback for the Tyreek Hill lineup? He would be the runback for me if I, if I wanted to do that. I mean, I think he is my favorite Raven. You have Zay Flowers dealing with some injury I can't think of off the top of my head, but he's, he hasn't practiced so far. I think it's a calf. Um, yeah. So, you know, that makes him a bit iffier. And Likely's just been good. I think you can attack Miami with tight end. So, you know, 46 is a bit pricey. Actually, you know, my favorite tournament play at tight end is Dallas Goddard. Who was right there in the same range at forty eight hundred dollars, just five percent projected ownership. Um, I think you ideally want to get an eagle in your lineups this week, right? I mean, they have uh, the second highest implied total on the main slate. I think DeAndre Swift is in play. I think Dallas Goddard though might be the best value among the Eagles at forty eight hundred dollars. He has Goddard has nine targets in two straight games now. Arizona's fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends, but they faced the fourth fewest tight end targets, which is you know why that's the case, why they haven't allowed fantasy points. They're actually, Arizona's actually 30th in tight end coverage DVOA. So it's not a matchup I'm scared of with Goddard. I think, you know, all these Eagles have big touchdown upside in this matchup. Yeah, his targets have been good since he came back. The only concern is that, you know, other guys do the scoring, but, you know, we can't be sure of that heading into a game. Now, how much would it influence you in building this lineup, choosing between Dallas Goddard, Isaiah Likely at the same salary level to already have Tyree Kill in the lineup, or if you already have an Arizona Cardinal in the lineup how much of a factor is that both here and just kind of in general like how, how much do you let that decide which players you're choosing in the same in the same salary range or are you primarily looking for your favorite plays yeah it's it's a balancing act sometimes I feel like my lineups are almost like too correlated where I'll just like make sure I have like a mini stack and all that stuff so like I'm trying to I almost get away from that a little bit it's a good tiebreaker like for me in this case with, with likely versus Goddard I would rather get an eagle in my lineup than like you know, mini stack that Ravens Dolphins game. So that's why like in this case, I would break ties in favor of Goddard. But um, in a lot, in a lot of other cases, I would, you know, go, go with the stack in, in a, in a situation like that. 
Yeah, I would say in general, it's good to, if the players are close, go with the one that has that correlation. I think that's probably something we should do more in general in setting our redraft lineups. Because, I mean, that's why it makes sense for a DFS lineup is if you are betting on that game, then it's less of a bet to take somebody else that can benefit from that game going in the way that you're hoping it's going to. Right. So, you know, one of those things that you you first think about in DFS that maybe you can then take back and apply to your regular fantasy play Flex on DraftKings this week. What are you looking at? Yeah, so I mentioned DeAndre Swift. He's one of my favorite tournament plays at running back and definitely someone you can, you know, go with the third running back, use him in flex. Uh, you know, we have we have Philadelphia's 12-point home favorites with a 30-point implied total, so a nice environment for a running back. Arizona is not good against any position defensively. They're worst against running backs, though. They're 31st in adjusted points allowed to running backs. They're 31st in run defense DVOA on the season. They're 32nd in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. And DeAndre Swift is just in for positive touchdown regression. How many times has this guy been tackled at the one-yard line this season? And then Jalen Hurts comes in and just, you know, tush pushes his way in for the touchdown. But DeAndre Swift has um, 8.1 expected rushing touchdowns. That's eighth most among running backs. He has only five actual rushing touchdown. So he is in for some regression there. This is a good spot for it. Like, I think he has multiple touchdown upside in this game. And I think the Cardinals have lost about 40 front seven players to injury. So a, a weak defense further weakened by that. You got somebody else for tournament at flex. Jackson Smith and Jigba is someone I'm looking at this week, really both for cash and tournaments. Um, so he's $4,800. So I do think, you know, if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver, like he's you know, a bit more expensive than Demario Douglas, but um, you know, 500 bucks more if you can find it. I'd rather play JSN. And then he's only 4% projected ownership. So I think he's in play for tournaments as well. JSN has 29 targets over the last four games. That's four fewer than Tyler Lockett, but it's four more than DK Metcalf. The Steelers are down to 21st in pass defense DVOA over the last five weeks. So it's not a scary matchup for, for JSN. So I like him for tournaments. And then one last guy I wanted to throw out, Joe Mixon, um, 1% projected ownership. He's been quiet the past two weeks, but he had 21 plus DraftKings points in three of his previous four before that. And I just want to keep attacking this Chiefs run defense. They gave up another big game last week to Zamir White. Uh, the Chiefs are 29th in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks, giving up 5.2 yards per carry to running backs. You know, I, The concern with Nixon is obviously that the Bengals are pretty big underdogs here. They, they fall behind. Um, but I think if they have a chance in this game, it's going to be with Nixon on the ground because it's looking like you're going to have no uh, Jamar Chase again. Yeah, and you mentioned Mixon being quieter over the past two weeks. The carries have been down in those two games, but it is just two games. He had 21 and 19 carries the two games before that. They're on the road at Kansas City. I would think that they would try to, I don't know, use Joe Mixon at least early in that game uh, as long as they're able to. So uh, that looks like an opportunity as opposed to a player to be worried about. That low projected ownership on Mixon, the role that should be there, I mean, not guaranteed, but should be bigger than it was the past two weeks. I, I like the the mix and play in that spot. Defense, the ownership looks pretty spread around based on the projections mm-hmm. at this point in the week. And we've got four 2K salary options among the top five in our DK dollars per point. Where are you favoring defense? Yeah, I love those cheap defenses for me. I'm really just focused on Denver and Baltimore, who we do have as our um, top two values at defense by a pretty significant margin. And Denver is a top value by a significant margin, even over Baltimore. They'll be who I likely using cash at $2,900, just, you know, at, at home favorites at home to Easton stick. Um, the chargers have a 16 point implied total. Easton stick has a 10% sack rate through his, his three appearances now. So just a, a good spot for Denver. And then Baltimore, I definitely prefer for tournaments, tough matchup beyond paper against, 
Miami, they just had a tough matchup on paper against San Francisco. Last week scored 15 DraftKings points in that game. Baltimore has 11-plus DraftKings points in eight of their 15 games this season. Just been an excellent fantasy defense. They're cheap. Um, right now we have them at just 6% ownership. So if, if it stays in that range, I think um, you know they're they're the best tournament play by a pretty big margin. Denver feels like a better play because it, it, you would think that there's much less likelihood of Easton Stick leading a big offensive day than um, Tua and Tyree Kill and the Miami offense, but I certainly can't bet against Baltimore after they went to San Francisco and dominated the 49ers. Jared's got more picks and analysis available for you in his weekly cash game and tournament articles for DK on DraftSharks.com. So check those out now. We are going to switch over for now to the FanDuel side. And the Week 17 FanDuel main slate, Jared, at quarterback, Lamar Jackson is cheaper than Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields, and other quarterbacks for some reason because he's third among main slate QBs in FanDuel points per game for the year. So I'm not really sure why the salary doesn't match up with that but it has him topping our dollars per point and he has outscored his own fan duel point average in three of the past five games. So it's not even like we're coming off a cold streak and we have to worry about him. Is it Lamar Jackson starting your cash lineup? Hey, your new MVP favorite, Lamar Jackson. I think if he beats Miami on Sunday, he's he's going to win the MVP. I'm, I, yeah, I'm playing him in cash. And I, I actually really respect this Dolphins defense. If you just look over the last five weeks, Miami is fifth in total defensive DVOA. I already mentioned I, you know, bet this game to go under. So I, I don't love the game, but I think for cash on FanDuel at this price tag, you just have to play Lamar Jackson. He's he's just underpriced by, you know, at least like five or six hundred bucks, I think. And, you know, especially if you look at the dollars per point, the several guys behind him are more expensive. So you have to reach past this group of potential studs to find something, you know, truly cheaper if you want it. Tournament side, where are you looking at quarterback? Yeah, I want some exposure to Patrick Mahomes in tournaments this week. I think he's he's tough to play on DraftKings. He's really expensive. It's, it's tough to, you know, make him work in a lineup that feels optimal. I think he's a much better play on FanDuel here at $8,000. Um, he actually comes in as what our second best value at the position. It's really just, I mean, want to play on Patrick Mahomes, so I th- still think he's, you know, one of the best or second best quarterback in the NFL. But then it's this Bengals defense, which j- just gave up a big game to, you know, Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. You know, that's kind of all you need to say. Uh, the Bengals are 29th in defensive DVOA over the last five weeks. They are 29th in pass defense DVOA over the last five weeks. I mentioned the big game to Mason Rudolph game before that they gave up 303 yards and two touchdowns to nick mullins so if mahomes is gonna have you know a vintage mahomes you know 30 point fantasy game i think it's gonna come this week and i want to have at least some exposure to him joe flacco's been awesome jared but i think it's a little bit premature to say that patrick (laughs) mahomes is the second best quarterback uh, just because of that now running back um actually no before we get to running back you need to play either rushy rice or travis kelsey with mahomes in those tournament lineups right Maybe both. Yes. I think Kelsey would be my first guy in because the Bengals are dead last and adjusted points allowed to tight ends. But I think um, you, you could probably afford to even stack them both up, which I think would be viable because it's a pretty concentrated offense at this point, right? I mean, Rasheed Rice is getting double digit targets weekly at this point. I think Travis Kelsey is a good bet for, you know, eight to 10 targets in this game. So I, th- I think double stacking them is, is probably the, the best move. Yeah. And Kelsey's not going to sneak up on anybody, but his ownership is down a bit uh, from where it would have been had he been producing like the usual Travis Kelsey to this point. So I, I think probably the, the the way to differentiate the Mahomes Kelsey stack, which is always going to be popular when it makes sense, is to add race, which would be less popular. 
Yep. Running back now, we've got Kyron Williams up to $9,400. Only Christian McCaffrey is more expensive among running backs on FanDuel at 11 k Williams <laughs> leads in dollars per point. McCaffrey's third. Which of these guys are you smashing into your cash lineup on FanDuel? If you look at our dollars per point rankings, there's really like four guys that stand above everyone else. And it's it's Kyron McCaffrey, it's Rashad White, and it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I really think you're picking three of those four guys. McCaffrey is just really tough to get in there and make work like it's tough to even play like Lamar Jackson you almost have to go cheaper a quarterback you got to play a couple of cheap wide receivers to make McCaffrey work so I'm probably going to go with the other three guys I think I think to me Kyron Williams and Rashad White are my, my two favorite and then I think just the savings with Edwards Alaire as a guy who really should be a good bet for at least you know like 15 total touches in this game again against a really bad Bengals defense. So I think I think Kyron Williams or Shad White and Edwards Alaire will be my three cash game running backs. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly still the edge for McCaffrey over Kyron Williams, but Kyron Williams is right there at number two in half PPR points per game behind McCaffrey, and you get that significant salary saving. So it, right. it's tough to say go away from McCaffrey, but you know, at some point you have to look at the price and have to factor it in pretty heavily. Tournament side, where are you differing at running back? Yeah, I really like DeAndre Swift coming in at just seven percent projected ownership on FanDuel, $7,600, you know, Eagles 30 point implied total. That's second highest on the main slate behind only the 49ers. The, the Cardinals are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. They're 31st in run defense DVOA. They're actually down to 32nd in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks now. I just think it's it's a perfect spot for Swift. I really think you want you want to try to get at least one Eagle on most of your teams just in this matchup at home against Arizona with the huge implied total. And I think I think Swift is, you know, a, a good value and he's going to be one of the you know lower owned Eagles on this slate. Yeah, if you can get the dominant lead running back for a team implied for 30 points, it already one of the best offenses in the league and coming off two straight 20 touch games. I mean, it's just like a, a no brainer, I think. Just, you know, Jalen Hurts, let DeAndre Swift score a couple touchdowns. Yeah, that one, that one on, uh, what was that? That was Christmas, right? Where, you know, he looked like he was going to score easily and somehow just got stopped at the half yard line and in, in comes Jalen Harris. But yeah, I, I mentioned it on the, the DraftKings segment, but um, 8.1 expected touchdowns for DeAndre Swift, which is eighth highest among running backs. He only has five actual touchdowns. So it's not, it's not even like he hasn't had the opportunity, you know, Hertz is stealing a bunch of them, but Swift has still had chances to score. I think he'll, he'll start converting those, especially in this matchup. Fingers crossed for Jason Kelsey, not tackling him at the one yard line. Yeah. At wide receiver, Rashi Rice is up to $7,400 in FanDuel salary. Fifth in our FanDuel dollars per point still, though, because he's been doing great on targets lately, and it's a positive matchup. Jared, are we choosing between Rashi Rice and CEH for cash lineups or maybe even playing both of them? I'm not going to get to both of them. You know, there are three wide receivers in the same price range that we actually have as, as better dollars per point values. Um, and I think you can, you definitely want to get one of them. It's possible to get two, depending on what you do elsewhere. I'm, at, I'm starting with Michael Pittman at $7,700. He has 11 targets in four straight healthy games and five of his last six. And he has eight plus catches in six straight games. Pretty unheard of consistency at, at this position. Um, and he was a full go in practice on Thursday. So it looks like he'll be ready to return from his concussion. So as long as that's the case, I think Pittman is just kind of like the, the classic cash game player right now at a uh, wide receiver. Who do you like on tourney side or wide up? Really like Chris Olave this week. Um, and I think he's another guy that's, that's in play for cash at $7,400 on FanDuel. He's projected for 11% ownership. So like not sneaky. I think he should be projected for more than that. Honestly, like I think he's under owned if he comes in at 11%. Chris Olave over his last five games, 8.8 .8 targets per game, 6.2 catches per game, 96 yards per game. And it's not like there's been like one blow up game in that stretch. 
He has 94 plus receiving yards in four of his last five games. He's topped 100 yards in three of his last five. So he's just been super steady in terms of, you know, both volume and receiving yardage. Gets the Bucks on Sunday. They're 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. The Bucks have allowed the fourth most yards per game to opposing number one wide receivers. So like Olave's been very good for the past five weeks. I think there's there's still like that blow up game in him where like he's the guy you kind of have to have to win tournaments. And I think you know Sunday's matchup could definitely you know lead to that. And facing a pass funnel defense that doesn't have a particularly good pass rush. So it should be a good spot for Chris Olave to produce, especially with a quarterback that's been playing well over the past few weeks. Tight end, we've got Travis Kelsey, Trey McBride, and George Kittle up top in FanDuel dollars per point. Jared, why pay $1,000 more in FanDuel salary to get to Kelsey as opposed to playing McBride against the Eagles this week? Yeah, I I, I wouldn't, um, I think. Kelsey still has the higher ceilings. He's just in the better offense. But like floor-wise, I think they're similar at this point. And McBride's volume has, has just been awesome. It's a good matchup for him. There should be plenty of volume on his side. So 6800 is still a lot to pay in cash. I think if I can get there, I, w- I would love to, but I'm going to probably end up going down to Dallas Goddard, who, you know, saves me another thousand, even off of Trey McBride, Dallas Goddard, nine targets in each of the last two games. Um, you know, the Cardinals are fifth in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. They just haven't faced a lot of tight end targets, fourth fewest tight end targets. Um, they're 30th in tight end coverage DVOA. So it's not a scary matchup for, for Dallas Goddard. I think he's, you know, just, just a safe bet in this matchup. We're really everyone on the Eagles, you know, has a chance to have a big game against Arizona. Tourney side, what do you like? like a tight end this week. I would love to get some Kelsey and McBride Kelsey, especially against uh, Cincinnati who is dead last in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. They're, they're really, there's been like one blow up Kelsey game so far this season, but I, I think there's a chance we get a second in this matchup on Sunday. I also might play a little Darren Waller who has just, it's probably like my most costly mistake in redraft season this year, just way too much Darren Waller. It's been pretty much a lost season for him with, with the injuries, but you know, he's been a full going practice both last week and this week, he was up to a 71% route rate last week after being you know limited in his return in week 15, but you know, close to full playing time last week in Tyrod Taylor's two starts. Earlier this season, Darren Waller drew 23% of Taylor's targets. He gets the Rams, who are 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And Waller's coming in at just 3% projected ownership at $5,900. So if you're looking for a cheaper, lower owned tight end, I think um, it might make some sense to mix in Waller. That's a guy like you could, you know, game stack Waller with Kyron Williams or Waller with, you know, one of the Rams wide receivers and hope that game goes pretty high scoring. (laughs) <laughs> or at least that the Rams score a bunch of points and Darren Waller gets a bunch of targets while the sure. Giants haplessly chase. Flex, what do you like on FanDuel this week? Yeah, another eagle that is a bit underowned. I think Devonta Smith, 7% projected ownership, $7,200. So he's much cheaper than A.J. Brown. He's going to be lower owned than A.J. Brown. Over the last five games, Devonta Smith has 14.3 FanDuel points per game to A.J. Brown's 11.7. Now, Brown's still beating Smith pretty easily in targets over that span. You know, I think he is the better play we haven't projected for significantly more fantasy points. But at the at the discount here and at the ownership discount with with Smith as well, like you know, he he could easily outscore AJ Brown again in this game. And if he does, you know, you're getting a pretty big advantage over the field. It is worth noting that in the three games with Dallas Goddard back, we've seen Goddard go four targets. Devontae Smith had ten in that one. Then Goddard had nine targets each of the past two weeks, and Smith had just five in those two games. So you know. 
know, there is a risk factor at play there, but we know that with Devontae Smith, he is at least a, an efficient receiver when he does yeah. get those opportunities. What else do you like at flex? Yeah, and that, that was a thing last year with Devontae Smith too, where he got a big target boost in games without Dallas Goddard. So yeah, that, definitely you know, the, the floor is kind of low on Smith, but again, the upside's there in this matchup. I like Joe Mixon here on FanDuel as well. I mentioned in my DraftKings, but on FanDuel, he's coming in at 2% projected ownership, $7,300. I mean, the, the Chiefs, Rundy is well, it was like two or three years ago where the Chiefs Rundy was just like god awful and we played running backs against them all season. They're kind of back to that level at this point. 29th in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks, giving up 5.2 yards per carry to running backs. So I think that the Bengals game plan in this one, especially with Jamar Chase likely out again, should be to try to get mixing going on the ground and keep this game close for as long as possible. I think um at two percent ownership and at this price tag, I think I think mixing makes a lot of sense for tournaments. We only need to look back to last week to see Zamir White going 22 for 145. A lot of that was late in the game when the Raiders were salting it away. But, I mean, if the Chiefs are at the point where the Raiders can salt a game away against them late, then, you know, that shows you that there's some potential for this to not go the way that the Vegas Lions projected to go. So, yeah, I like sure. anytime that you can get, like, a, a pretty good clear lead running back at way low ownership, and especially if it's in a potentially positive matchup, up. I mean, he, he's somebody at least worth mixing in. Yep, for sure. Defense, the Broncos lead our dollars per point mm-hmm. on both sites, DraftKings and FanDuel. And to me, they just feel like a better player this week, Jared. Chargers played better yep. against the Bills last week than they did against the Raiders, of course, in Easton Sticks' first start. They still allowed five sacks, even in that game that came down to the wire. So it's a, a positive matchup for sure. Yeah, 10% sack rate for Easton Stick through his three games um you know he he came in for most of the second half or maybe even more than a half of that first game against the broncos took a couple sacks in that one so just and and a great spot for denver at home i think they're pretty easily the clear cash play on fanduel we do have them as you know easily the best dollars per point value i do also like baltimore on fanduel here they're projected for one percent ownership right now just forty one hundred dollars so their price is down the matchup isn't great, but you know they've put up fantasy points against good offenses already this season, including last week against San Francisco, 15 FanDuel points in that one. I do think Atlanta is also in play here on FanDuel. You know, we talked about them on uh, yesterday's preview podcast, but Atlanta's up to eighth in defensive DVOA over the last five weeks, and they've scored fantasy points too. They have 12 plus FanDuel points in three of their last five games. The issue with Atlanta is they're projected for 10% ownership. So like I'm not gonna play them over Denver in cash and then like I don't really want to play them in tournaments if they're 10% ownership. So they're good value. They're worth mentioning, um, but I, I just don't really know how they fit in at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think it's interesting to know that the defense on the other side of that, the bears are facing 1% projected ownership, 1% projected ownership right now. Their issue is the $4,400 salary. I mean, so if you get there and you still have salary left, maybe that's worth going up to because it is a high ceiling matchup, but I wouldn't force them in at the cost of another position in your lineup either. Agree. Totally. Get more FanDuel recommendations and analysis from our pal Kevin English at DraftSharks.com. He's got articles covering cash games and tournament play on FanDuel every week. we got one more FanDuel and DraftKings show coming at you next week for week 18. Of course, we won't have the regular preview show because it's just not a regular fantasy week. Most redraft leagues and tournaments will be done ahead of that one. But the lineup generator will keep working through the end of the season, helping you build your best cash and tournament lineups for play on FanDuel, on DraftKings, and on Yahoo every week. Our goal, of course, to help you win week 17.